Welcome to Side B of the MTV Nirvana Unplugged album. Sean Newell, Dennis Brzezinski, Richie Seymour is still sitting in with us again on this second episode of the show. And uh, we've still got seven more songs to get to, and plus two more bonus songs of songs that we think would fit well in the unplugged environment. Hi, D. And hello, Bungo. And with that being said, the song you just played, Lounge Act, is the one I chose that I would love to have seen on this episode. You know, on this on this show, and acoustically, it could have been really cool to see. Well, on side one, when we were going over side side A just a little bit ago, side one, side A, whatever you want to call it, um, we went through a couple of covers, a song off Bleach, and then three songs that were um, on their regular albums, never mind in utero that most people owned or most people knew, but not songs that were really well known or that were played on the radio a lot. So we've got a lot more to get to and a lot more covers, I think, is going to be the uh, the flavor of, of side B of all of this. And I, and I will say, I think this is that, that seven song breakpoint. This is, we're now getting into the part of the album where everything is a little bit heavier, a little bit more, um, not religious isn't the right word, but just every song seems to have, seems to have a higher meaning. And that, I think that kicks off right here with the first one. Yeah. But for, before that, let's get to lounge act. Uh, the song that you think would be, would be a good fit. D why do you think this would be a, a good fit slowed down? Because when we listen to it as the show intro, it's, it's a pretty, it's a pretty heavy rocker, you know, to, to say you're going to, you're going to slow it down and make it acoustic. Well, much like the acoustic version of a uh, smells like teen spirit that we listened to at the end of a uh, uh, side, a, uh, I think it could be done and incredibly interesting. And just the lyrics to this song, I think, fit with the theme of the show, uh, the unplugged uh, show. You know, the truth covered in security. Uh, and I've got this friend you see makes me feel and I wanted more than I could steal. Don't tell me what I want to hear. Afraid of never knowing fear. Like it just sort of all kind of rolls into it. And as we get into these last uh, seven songs on the album, you know, it, it just seems to fit right in there. Plus it's my favorite Nirvana song. Cool. Yeah. I like that song a lot too. I, I, I've never thought of it as, as your favorite though. That's, that's interesting that you say that it's your favorite. Well, album. that's, that's more of a new, newer thing. Oh, is it? Okay. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah oh, okay. Probably the last four or five years. Okay. That's kind of just, I, I assumed your favorite Nirvana song was actually the last one that we're going to uh, talk about from the unplugged today. Oh, that's Yes. <laughs> Okay, fair enough. <laughs> oh my gosh, and I have so much to say about that song too. We'll get we'll get to that coming up. Um, first song back to the back to the unplugged though. We stick with the Nevermind album, just like Lounge Act, and this song is on a plane, which. You know, I, I'm surprised that this was never released as a single. If you think about it, because it's a very catchy song. It's one that would have played well on the radio. But at the same time, everyone already owned Nevermind. So at what, what point do you need another single off of there? How come you didn't say this is on our second record? Most people own it. <laughs> <laughs> but don't quote me on that. Uh, it's it's a, it, No, it's another really good song, too. Um, the uh, pieces of poetry thro thrown together and that his poetry was not usually thematic at all. And I think we talked about this on a couple of Nirvana songs that we've had on past shows where a lot of his lyrics don't necessarily add up to anything. It just, like he said here, like poetry just kind of thrown together. 
I mean, but once again, another powerful reference as we talked about in the first uh, in the first episode about people not feeling like they're worthy in the song "Dumb" or or a song "Penny Royalty" that it was about a substance that could be used in abortions and stuff. Once again, the lyric "My mother died every night," a reference to domestic violence involving Kurt Cobain's mother um, while Cobain was a teenager. Once again, there's in everything that he weaves in, there's something almost tragic to the vast majority of the songs that Nirvana put out. And, and the way this, the, the song kind of goes to like, a, uh, there's another note here that it was the last song that they had to finish for the album. And uh, the one more special message to go referred to them, him trying to just finish the song for it. And uh, to have that thrown into it, and the don't quote me on that part with mm-hmm. the mother died every night, you know, black sheep sort of thing. Uh, it, it, again, interesting, just the way it was kind of tossed together like that, like the meanings and the meanings of it all. Yeah, no, interesting. Very interesting song, no doubt. Moving on to the to the next one is it, you you had said this earlier, Dennis. This isn't necessarily one of your uh, one of your favorites off the album. It's it's something in the way, and and I, I would agree with you. It's just it's so. I, I, I don't know. It's so heavy almost the way that it, the way that it's sung. It's, it's hard to really um like, like wrap your head around it or, or get into it because there's no, there's nothing melodic about this song. I don't feel like. It's a great song, a powerful song, but like mm-hmm. you said, it's just kind of a rough listen sometimes. Yep. Uh, Drone, uh, droning is the word that really pops into my head. It yeah. just kind of drones on a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, it fits in this show with the theme of, you know, what he's doing, you know, we talked about the funeral thing and, and, uh, uh, but yeah, it's, it's, uh, yeah, it's a hard listen. <laughs> it, it really is. And it, I like the, the undertone is, you know, him hearkening back to the time when he was homeless. It just, but I, I still love the, uh, it's okay to eat fish because they don't have any feelings. Like no. that's pretty, pretty great. <laughs> that was, line. that was what I was going to toss it at yeah. the end before we move to the next song. It's okay to eat fish. They don't have feelings. Well, you don't, the, one, <laughs> the one thing when you look at, at all of this stuff and we're looking at everything that happened to uh, Kurt Cobain, you know, we just talked about his mother being a domestic violence victim just a minute ago. And the fact that he said a had a, you know, a drug problem and the fact that he didn't feel worthy. And now we've, you know, we go along the fact that he went through four months of homelessness. I mean, this man's life was not very long and he had a lot of stuff happen to him in a very short amount of time. No, 27 years. It's insane that like all that I I was, I was real. I did the math and like this time next year, he will have been dead longer than he was alive. Wow. Which is kind of insane. That is. Yeah. I mean, that makes sense, but I, I wouldn't have, uh, wouldn't have thought about that. That's crazy. The, uh, if, if you guys haven't seen it yet or any of the listeners out there haven't seen it, it it's an amazing documentary, The Montage of Heck, uh, where uh, it's taken from like his old recordings and, and, and uh, journal entries. Uh, it's it's much better than the, the Soaked in Bleach or the Kurt and, Co- uh, Kurt and Courtney documentaries. Uh, but but it'll it gives a lot of this backstory to, you know, his life growing up and, you know, the, the 27 years that seems you know, impossibly short for somebody to have the the impact that he does. Hmm. I'll check that out. Is is there a, a good place that you would say to watch it? Is it on streaming somewhere? Or is it something you just got to buy? Oh, I'm not sure. I, I own I own the DVD copy of it. It was on HBO originally, but I don't think it's actually on the HBO Max or anything mm-hmm. like that now. 
but uh, it's worth tracking down. Yeah, I'll check that out. That that does sound pretty interesting. So, um, these next two songs are honestly two of my favorites that were that were on the uh, that are on our side B and that were on the unplugged, and they kind of fit together almost. And it's because they're both Meat Puppets songs. Um, but we'll just start one at a time. And the next song is Plateau. If you want to introduce that one, Dennis. Uh, so they bring out Kurt, Kurt and Chris Kirkwood, the, the brothers who are meat puppets, and uh, and this song, which was on their, the 84, 84, 1984 Meat Puppets 2 album, uh, Plateau. Uh, like, if you didn't know that, and none of us did at the time when we heard this song. Oh, no. That I didn't know it, who they were. It sounds like a perfect Nirvana song. Uh, nothing at the top but a bucket and a mop and an illustrated book about birds. And, and the way he just kind of, like, his voice warbles when he says it, it's so good. Oh. So good. That, Who needs action you got words? That part, I, oh, so good. I, I do want to talk to the video. This is the point where the meat puppets come out and sit on stage, and there's, like, a real awkward long pause in between songs because uh, Pat Schmier's guitar has to be retuned for the for the meat puppets. And, you know, they, someone in the crowd yells out, play Freebird, you know, as, as someone always is going to in the crowd. And, and one of the, one of the meat puppets, I have no idea which one, because they look the same, just flips off the crowd and says, there's your free bird. And I, I, it amused me how hot they come in. Like the dude's been on stage literally 30 seconds, hasn't even been introduced and is already flipping off the crowd. I just, I thought it was a great power move. That's taken out of the Richie Seymour handbook, I think, right? <laughs> pretty much. Pretty much. Power move. There it is. <laughs> no, that's pretty funny though. This is a great song. I, I have a hard time playing little snippets of these songs on here because I want to hear the whole thing. And this is one that I'd like to hear the whole thing now. But. Well, and, and as we talked about yesterday, you know, over texts, uh, you know, it, being able to listen to this album like I have this week, mm -hmm. uh, just reminds me just how fucking fantastic it is. By the way, I, I made a mistake on something I said a little bit ago when I said the the next two songs were two of my favorites because there's one sandwiched in between that's not in the notes that I forgot about when I just pulled up the playlist and and that the next song is Oh Me, which um <laughs> I don't think we're gonna have a whole lot to say about it to the point where we couldn't even find anything to really say about it. Yeah. It's it's a great song and it's yep. it's one of the two songs that were uh, that's on this album that were actually left off the original performance i don't remember recall what the other one was but oh me it, it's a good song but it's okay yeah yeah but the progression of plateau to the next song is is really pretty cool i mean oh me kind of throws that off yep. but it's a nice little sandwich you know, this isn't cute. a meat puppet song though right it is yeah. no oh yeah. it is it's okay all, it's all three is. of these songs are meat puppet songs off the same album they're they're uh two album yeah okay Okay. Have you ever listened to the original versions of any of these songs? Uh, this week I did. Yeah, yeah, they're they're unique, right? Oh, I forgot. They are. Like, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and they sound nothing at all like these versions. No, no, yeah. but they're they're still good. They're enjoyable songs. Like it's like, oh, I can probably listen to the Meat Puppets. Uh, we but talked li again before. Listening yeah. to the listening to the original version of the uh, the last song that we're going to talk about is the one that really blows my mind. It just doesn't yeah. sound like the same song. Well, yeah, we'll get there. Yeah. yeah. All right, next song, next song. We're going to kind of skip over Omi a little bit. The next song is this one, which is one of my favorites off of it. I love this song. Yeah. Lake of Fire, which was also a Meat Puppets song. This song still gets played on the radio quite a bit, too. If, yeah. you, ever, if you ever have the radio on just randomly, you'll still hear this song on the radio quite a bit. 
in one of the notes I had, this is like the actually a hidden track on the Meat Puppets 2 record from uh, uh, You remember? Or hidden track, I'm sorry. It, it was a hidden track on Too High to Die from 94, which was the Meat Puppets song that we heard on the radio. Uh, I can't think of what the hell the name of it is anyhow. But that goes back to uh, something in the way, too. Like, remember CDs used to have hidden tracks on there? Oh, yeah. Like, Cracker, you're a trash girl. Exactly. Cracker, you're a trash girl. It's funny that's the uh, one we all thought of at the same time. Track 69. No, yeah. no. Is it 69? 69 or 99. It was it, like there were a couple that were like you yeah, just had to keep hitting the butt. You know, this but, uh, was early 90s. You know, it was probably 69 because yeah. that was but, such uh, a funny but, joke. But, Something in the way, actually, there's 10 minutes of silence at the end of that record. And then it goes into that weird endless nameless sort of guitar track. But uh, but yeah, hidden tracks. You can't do that anymore with uh, MP3s or, or vinyl, you know. They just show up right there on iTunes. Yeah, nothing you can do about it. <laughs> They're not yeah. hidden anymore. No. But that used to be the coolest thing in the world. To, like, oh shit, this song is still going? Didn't what? Marilyn Manson have one on uh, on on Smells Like Children? I think so. I, I, think there was, I think there was one back there. Uh, the one, the one that always sticks out to me is on uh, Tool's first album, Opiate. There's a hidden track. Uh, I think on Undertow also. But yeah, God, that man, hidden tracks. Kids don't know what the yeah. fuck they're missing out on. <laughs> Having a dig I, for their music. What the hell? Yeah, they can go I, on YouTube and watch anything they want yeah. in the world, and we used to have to take shit off the radio. Hey, I'm not complaining though, because I, I, I like the uh, easy access to everything now. It, it is kind of great. Yeah. Oh, sure. But but you know me. I'm like you said. We've talked about many times. I have to have a physical copy of something. Like yeah. I have to have, be able to hold it in my hand. And I don't think either one of you guys are quite like that with no, music. No, not anymore. I still have all of my old CDs and stuff like that, but they're in a tote sitting in a closet somewhere. You know, I don't. Uh, I don't treat them well like you do, D. They're just sitting yeah. there collecting dust. I got rid of all mine. Mo- moving every couple of years, it was like I can't, I can't justify bringing this through do you still have dvds uh some i've got rid of most of those like you know star wars mm-hmm. I, I i got rid of everything but like i still have like even my vhs star wars because you know i'm, I'm oh, sick yeah i have a whole I shelf i have a whole shelf of star wars over there it's ridiculous how much money i've spent just on star wars the same Did thing guys- i literally have the same copy of things oh, yeah. like five times over there it's crazy see i think you two both have two versions that i don't have uh, I don't know how the fuck we got to Star Wars. But, it's uh, fine. Uh, sidebar. <laughs> sidebar. <laughs> yeah. uh, but you you both got the uh, the bootleg DVDs before they were actually officially released yeah. on DVD, right? Yeah. And I think you two also have the VHS set that came out. Uh, there's the one that everybody's got with the, the black, the Darth Vader. The on special the- edition. I think you guys have the special edition VHSs, and I don't have. Only I have one. three. I have three VHS editions of the Star Wars movies, the originals. Yeah, I I, st- I still have one of the original original VHSs from '84 of Return of the Jedi. I like bet that's worth some. Mo- I bet that's worth some money. It probably might be. I don't know. Hmm. I'm I'm keeping it because I'm sick. But <laughs> to uh, get this dumpster fire back to Lake of Fire. <laughs> God damn it, Richie. Yeah, I was enjoying I our conversation. Oh yeah. When do good. you think you're good. the host of this show? Damn it. <laughs> and we spent 20 fucking minutes talking about Atlanta Falcons. For Christ's sake. <laughs> and you're really a Star Wars conversation. <laughs> Most people would find it interesting. <laughs> anyway. So yeah, Lake of Fire. Where do bad folks go when they die? They don't go to heaven where the angels fly. 
Well, we go to a lake of fire and fry. Yeah, we. You won't see him again until the Fourth of July. With it, burgers. With burgers. This is definitely. The... <laughs> yeah, with burgers. Oh. Wow. Okay. Not this year. No. No. Um, this, this is definitely, I think, the point where the album really changes tenor, and these last three songs, I think, are just, just phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, this was always one of my, one of my favorites, one of my go tos off of it. It's just something so different. I mean, it's yeah. very in your face. You don't have to wonder what this song's about. You don't have to wonder what it means. It's just very in your face. And it's just so goddamn fun, just like mm-hmm. Plateau is here. Yeah, yeah, and and I think that's why he picked the the three me puppet songs because they really forced him to get outside of his vocal comfort zone. Like he's he's straining on on a lot of the things he does, which then sets up what he does on, on the on the very end song. I can't believe, uh, you know, this is already, we're already through five songs on this side. Like the last two songs in the album are coming up now. Yep. And, uh, uh, which is incredible to me. Uh, I didn't realize this would go so fast. And you derailed our Star Wars conversation, so this episode's going to seem a little bit short. <laughs> but again, the last song. It's kind of a say. bonus episode anyway, though, since we're doing yeah. two in a week. It's so. making up for the time we, yeah. we lost. Yeah. Yes. Um, so the next song, obviously, a bit, I mean, this is, in my opinion, one of their biggest songs that they ever released, even if it wasn't, you know, via radio play or anything like that, but it was originally on in utero, but I think this version so much better than the album version. Agreed. And, and it's, Agreed. and it's the song all apologies, which kind of caps their original work off beautifully the way that yes. this is set up. And again, going back to the whole funeral vibe, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and, and the conspiracy sort of, you know, talk, like this song is for lack of a it, it just comes off like a like a suicide oh, yeah it, it, it almost him him saying i'm sorry to everyone is really what like what this song is like it it, it is it, it is the definitely the better version of this song and this is the one nirvana song that no matter what no matter when, I can always listen to it. If it comes on the radio, I'm going to stop and listen to it. It, It is their best song of their own, I think. It's so point, poignant and beautiful, like, and, and, and fitting. Uh, was it Lord that performed this at the uh, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? I, I believe so. Right. I believe it was. Yeah. Which was, it's an incredible set, too. If nobody's, if you haven't, if you're listening to this and you haven't watched, those performances uh, oh. they all had female singers singing their songs and and lord closed the show with this you know the, the shibagi members of nirvana dave uh, pat and chris oh and by the way talking about drums talking about dave Grohl beating on drums like we did in the first episode the way he was with aneurysm and smells like teen spirit during that show richie that's something to see when you were you know going back to what we were talking about on the yeah. first episode oh yeah he's going crazy during that show this this song just like you said, Richie, just this makes you think Nirvana. This is yeah. maybe right below smells like Teen Spirit to me. This yep. signifies like the signature song there's. But but Teen Spirit, I feel like I've heard it enough. I, I I don't need to hear it that often. All apologies, I have to go back to like just all the time. Hmm. In this version of this song. Yes. This is kind Especially of Especially on TV. This is kind of a fun little sidebar, but it's actually about Nirvana Unplugged. Um, I'm looking at the the thing that I'm playing this off of, which is on Apple Music, and this is the 25th anniversary edition, and it's got 
four, five extra songs on it that are rehearsal versions of songs that they ended up doing. I've never heard them. That's kind of interesting. Oh yeah, no, they. I, I got a a special vinyl edition of it that came out last year, uh, that's got those those tracks on there. Are they good? Yeah, well, they sound like their songs. And interesting enough, you bring up the rehearsal thing. Uh, one of the special things about this Unplugged show, going back to talking about the the all of the episodes of Unplugged that were recorded, was most of the time, you know, the, the artists treated it like a TV show, like they would do, you know, like multiple takes of a song if they didn't like something. Where where this one was the very first one, where they actually did it just in one one take. One nice, set. that's yeah. really cool. And, and it's even more so when you like talk, when you start talking about the rehearsal piece of it, the rehearsal wasn't going great. Like, and that was basically two hours before they, they did the rehearsal, they went away, had dinner. And then, and that's when they let the fans in and, and, and came back and did the one take show, but like five or seven of the 14 songs, they just, they couldn't get, they weren't going right. Um, the man who sold the world was one of them that he just, he's like, that's why he says, I'm going to mess this one up at the start of that song. Mm. And it's, and then to, to just, you know, walk on stage and, and everything hit the way it does. Um, it, 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 it's amazing that it worked that well. Well, going to the last song on the list, I think we can only do it justice. Oh, go ahead. I think we wanted to yep. do what? We're doing your pick for the song you wanted on here first. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, well the pick that I would, I would go and Dennis, you and I were kind of on the same page with this and you picked, um, lounge act, but this was also on your list would be the song off incesticide. And Richie, do you know this song? It's called sliver. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It, this song I think would work, would work really, really well. Let me see if I can pull it up here really quick. It's already kind of a poppy song anyway. So I think it would, uh, would equate to, um, well, to, being acoustic in this show because it's not a real real heavy song to begin with let's see on oh, this song got a lot of time in benny yep. and, and speaking of that we'll talk about it after you play the little track but uh but some of the greatest memories some of the most fun memories that we've had uh driving around in that car is with this album i love this song it would have been such a fun song, acoustic. Yeah. yeah. Richie sitting behind us, singing out of tune, uh, well, screaming in our ear. This <laughs> is the album that this is the album that I did that on because it. So for for the listeners, Benny was a 77, 78 Caprice Classic. Seventy nine, Richie. Come on. Oh geez. <laughs> oh yeah, you're a seventy eight. Never mind. <laughs> uh, so huge boat of a car, and I always had to sit in the back seat. Those older cars had good speakers in the back. So these dickheads would, would turn the speakers up real loud <laughs> and it's blasting in my ears. So that they I were sang. not, they were not good speakers. <laughs> if you remember correctly. Yes. Yeah, that's true. Fired in there. And uh, yeah, but we but couldn't afford, we couldn't afford those music. nice sound systems back then. That's true. Yeah. We still so, had the, uh, the CD player. We, I, you had the CD player that took the cassette. You had to play it through the cassette yeah. and it was like a disc room that yeah. we would sit there play all this shit off of. yeah or tape i mean some of i had some of this stuff on tape really matter of fact tape. i've got a, i've got a tape um the little cassette holder thing that you know the little uh, cassette case i've still got it in a drawer in the other room and it's got incesticide on cassette tape sitting in there right now so, so yeah and, and, and again this is the good tape you know this is mm -hmm. the, the origin of the show was i would burn you or burn you i would record tapes off of my cds for you uh uh 
Yeah, no, but but just remembering some of that shit. And burn me with cigarettes when you didn't get to listen to what you wanted to. Burning with cigarettes. Jesus Christ. <laughs> said burn you. Sean, do you want to talk about your abusive relationship? <laughs> <laughs> Don't you fucking say it, Sean. <laughs> so, so, Sean, I, I will say your pick is, is on point with the uh, the audience from that night because on the in the DVD there are several times that they uh, like throw out songs that they want to hear. We talked about Freebird earlier. Mm-hmm. This actual point in the record, right before they go into "Where Would You Sleep," Co- uh, Kurt says, "Hey, this is going to be our last song." And, and somebody says any requests or, or something like that. And, and people, uh, Sliver is the song that gets thrown out the most by far. Really interesting. Well, yeah. it would fit. It, it would fit well. It, it, and that's also the point where, where someone, someone screams out, uh, rape me. Like all, all of that happens right now. Mm-hmm. I will say the crowd for this, we, uh, we talked about it a little bit in the first episode, but the, the crowd for this was just, you could tell that they got actual Nirvana fans. Like it wasn't, uh, but you know, could also tell that they knew this was magical. What yes. they were witnessing, you know, was not going to be a normal night. Mm-hmm. It, just especially watching that DVD again. Jesus. It, and the, the ringer, uh, oral history, they, they actually interview a couple of the fans that were there. And it was basically people that had signed up for the Nirvana fan club that lived in New York mm-hmm. and nothing had really happened. They, they, you know, this was back in the nineties. You didn't have the internet and they just got an invite to a secret show and, and showed up and, and this is what they saw. Wow. It was just incredible. <laughs> Could you imagine that? All that's all the front row seats were reserved for fan members. And I'm sure just, that I'm sure that the fan club back then probably cost like 10 or $15, you know, to be a part of, and then to, you end up at this show. Wow. I, I think it was free. Like, oh. I, I think it was just a, like the back of a magazine kind of thing wow. that you mm-hmm. signed up for and, you know, hoping to get news on the band. And then eventually, you know, a few lucky people ended up getting to see the show. That's well, pretty just cool. popped in my head. Uh, you're talking about the fan club thing. So I was thinking about like, uh, you know, those retrospective books that came up. But Richie, I think you actually bought me my copy of uh, Kurt Cobain Journals for Christmas one year. Possibly. Yeah, I, I think that's true. That's a great book. I, I don't. It's been a long time since I've gone through it, but but it's so impactful. Like, yeah. you know, again, we talked about how he was kind of a dick. Uh, Me or Kurt? <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Uh, but uh, uh, in this reference, he means Kurt. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I mean, it's it's just for granted. You know, we take for granted that you're a dick, but, uh, uh, as you should. <laughs> but. Uh, but it, it, it goes back to like the impact this dude had uh, on I, I, me. I, I mean, all of us. I mean, we're, we're spending two episodes talking about one fucking album, but uh, uh, just that book, going through it and looking at some of the things that he thought that he wrote. Going and again, the whole montage of Heck uh, documentary that you need to, uh, you guys need to watch. It just yeah, yeah I'll have to, I'll have to check that out. That'll be that'll be enjoyable. Yeah, it's 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 a great show. The world that I live in sometimes. There's music playing really loud upstairs the right now. Jesus Christ. Yeah. There's there's music there's music playing really loud upstairs right now. Can you guess what it is? Hamilton. The freaking Hamilton soundtrack again. Yeah. They listen to it all the time. We're gonna huh? have to fucking do this, aren't we? I know. We are. 
<laughs> I don't know if they're doing, if they're playing it really loud just to like taunt us right now or what, but I could hear some faint music coming through and I'm like, I'm not playing anything. And I took my headphones off and you could hear King George singing really loud upstairs. Do we do the soundtrack or we do like a, like a, a movie watch sort of thing, you know, the Disney a watch, show. like a watch along. Yeah. That'd well, not a watch along. Oh, that would be interesting. Yeah. I mean, we could do a watch along, but I mean, it's only like what, an hour and a half. I mean, it's not that long. Oh, Jesus Christ. The movie's three hours long, Sean. Is it really? Sean only watched the first half. (laughs) No, I've watched the whole thing like five times. Um, You know, though, the soundtrack, though, the soundtrack, though, and we're really sidebarring now. (laughs) The the soundtrack is pretty much on point with the movie. There's not a whole lot that's not sung in that movie. I don't think there's much at all. Yeah. So really, if we did the soundtrack, we really do the movie pretty much. Have you seen it, Richie? Yes. Oh, yeah. Did you enjoy it? I mean, it's no Beatles. (laughs) (laughs) fair enough you know what this is going to be our new sean and d show tunes that's next Mm. (laughs) maybe mrs bassie will come on and join us oh god probably all right final song i'm going to play a little bit of it first because i think it deserves it because it's such a powerful song And we'll get into it, but uh, it's a very, very powerful song. There's no way around how powerful it is. Dennis thought it was so powerful that he left. Yeah, he's out. (laughs) No, I I just can't. uh, I can't put into words how powerful I feel like this song really truly is and such a great capper to this album. I mean, it's a song that was not their song. I believe it led belly, correct D. Well, so not, kind of they're, they're using the lead belly version, but this song is 150 years old. Yeah. It, at it least. Was, yeah. It's, it, it's got more history than just lead belly, but lead belly was one of Kurt's favorite artists of all time. Uh, Oh my God, this song. I remember the first time I saw this show, this song stuck with me so hard. Like I was desperate to have a version of this or to hear it as many times as I could in this, you know, pre YouTube days and everything, just obsessed with it. And the one thing that I got to bring up uh, and, and, and one of our listeners, Jess will know, it knows exactly where I'm going with the, the end of that song where his eyes just oh um, and how freaky that, that is that look how intense mm-hmm. it a whole uh, oh my gosh that look right yeah you got to get the uh, you got to get the uh, sigh in the middle of it too and you got to time it right yes yeah but the first time you hear this fucking song it just blows you away mhm and this is one of those songs that it starts off very slow and very, very soft and just builds to that crescendo at the end. It, it, it's a, it's a fantastic rendition and more so with the, the visual piece of it. Like this is the song where the entire set came together. 
Mm-hmm. Like this, the set is a a fifth member of the band on stage adding to this song with the the purple and the the flowers and the candles. Canadian musician Neil Young, it's kind of a big deal, described Cobain's <laughs> vocals during the final screamed verse as unearthly, like a werewolf. Unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, this song is probably the biggest reason why I still give a shit about music to this day. Like, like the way it moved me the very first time I saw that performance, it's it uh, honest, honest to goodness. I'm saying that and I, I'm not just making shit up. Like that was one of the very first times a song just fucking hit me like that. Like I have to be in the music. That's my thing now, apparently. And uh, it's just remarkable. Just the way it fucking bowled me over, blew me away. It just and, and then oh go ahead John no please I was just gonna say and then you know eventually the song really becomes a, his eulogy you know all apologies is him telling everyone I'm sorry this song is is him speaking at his own funeral really it, it, at the end of when 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 the next five months play out the way they do oh absolutely yeah I mean it just this whole album ends up turning into that in many ways. And this is such a good uh, capstone on the entire thing. It just, uh, I, it, it's almost hard to put into words how powerful this song really truly is yep. when you listen to it. And if you've heard it a lot, maybe it doesn't, isn't quite as powerful as it was the first time you heard it or something like that. But, but to me, it's just, it, it just, it's so, it's just so gripping and so powerful. And, and it's this guy that's just like screeching out from his soul about, about what's going on in his life at that moment. It just, it's amazing. And, and again, I'm not, this is not hyperbolic or whatever the fucking word is. Uh, the word. Like, yeah. This song really is the impetus of, of where, where my love for music, mm-hmm. you know, gets me like, like, Yeah. That first time you feel that, like it just grabbed me. Like I had to hear it again, had to hear it again. And it took so long for me to actually hear it again because I wasn't allowed to watch MTV. You know, when I finally saw it, like at, you know, one of our friends' houses again or something like that. Uh, oh, just to this day, that that thought, the thought of that just. Hmm. Well, and, and like the crowd reaction in the moment, the <sighs> song ends, they kind of clap a little bit, but really they're just frozen. Like they're just, they know what they just saw. Yeah. And, and, and the werewolf thing, you know, the, the eyes, the look, the look, like that was so captivating, so mesmerizing. And and it's funny, uh, I think it's in the notes here that uh, they originally want them, they're like, you have to go out and do uh, an encore. And they were like, fucking encore? That that was amazing. Why? How could we top what we just did? And that was the point where the producer's like, yeah, you're right. Cut, cut tape. Here you go. Here you go. This is the end. That's where the heaviness of the drums come back, by the way. Yep. Yeah. And then it just after that, like no one moves. He actually walks off stage, signs some autographs, has a cigarette, and everyone's just sitting there 
captivated. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Getting fucking goosebumps just thinking about it. <laughs> yeah, you know, you can you, you, that song that song while it's played acoustic almost sounds bigger than an acoustic song. The way yeah. that it the way that it's done. Oh, it's just amazing. Mm. So that is our Nirvana MTV Unplugged in New York album. Um, I think uh, it was worth taking two episodes to to go over a lot of this because obviously we talked about it for 30 minutes before we even got to the first song on the first episode. So it's it's certainly an album that means a lot to the three of us. And I think if you if it's been a long time since you've heard it, I would totally revisit it. If it's something that you've never heard, listen to it for the first time. We don't really need to put a playlist up this week because just go listen to the album. You can find it on anything that you stream and all of that kind of stuff, but we will put the notes up um, from all of the songs so you can um, read it maybe before you uh, sit down and delve into it for yourself. So happy Monday, happy Friday. Uh, yeah, that was fun, guys. Yeah, what's yeah, next I week? What, what's next week? I, I don't know because um, you're kind of keeping it a little bit of a secret from me of where we're headed for episode 16. I actually sent you the playlist yesterday. Oh, you did? Okay. Yeah. Once you, I, this, we're going back to the whole, these are Sean, songs Sean needs to hear from me. And uh, you got the playlist, the Apple and Spotify playlist last last night. Okay. I'll check that out. Afternoon or I'll check that out. Yeah. So uh, Richie, any, but, any suggestions on um, any uh, fun little uh, like custom shows that aren't just picking random songs? You got any fun ideas for us? Um. Not off the top of my head, but I think I'll, I'll come up with something for you guys. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, because the Hamilton soundtrack, you know, I mean, of course, that's coming up at some point. But oh my I gosh. think we'll have to build up to that one. Yeah. Uh, you know, maybe like episode 25 for like our big, uh, uh, big celebration. For a big send off. That was before Richie takes over. <laughs> <laughs> all right well Richie, i thought i just did oh, <laughs> richie thanks for hanging out with us and when we get to the point where we can um get the first um I, i'll call it the first season of our new podcast complete uh richie you're a regular contributor to that one so you'll be a part of that each week but we'll get that up hopefully here in the next couple of weeks because i've actually had a few people reach out and go what is it and their guesses are totally way offline do you know what the, oh, yeah. you know what the number one guess myself, do you too. know what the number one guess of what our new podcast is can you i'm sure it's a it's a pretty easy one that people would would think but they're wrong you oh know, sports sports Bulls. yeah absolutely Bulls. sports yeah. yeah yeah but that is that is not it and it has nothing to do with music so uh but we'll get we'll get there here in the next few weeks but until then we will see you next week